Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Well, Merry Christmas, Freedom Church. It's a historic day for us. This is a whole bunch of firsts. This is our first service. This is our uh, not, not only our first service, this is our first Christmas together. This is the first sermon I've ever preached here. And this is our first time as a brand new church family coming here together. It is amazing. Thank you all for praying and serving and giving for making this happen. Like Pastor Jason said, we barely made it by the skin of our teeth. As you come in every week, it's going to be like Christmas for the next two months. We'll have floors and we'll have different things that will be coming in. New chairs are coming and all kinds of stuff. But thank you for that. I remember at the beginning of the year, I said we were going to be in a brand new building by the beginning of the year. I just didn't know what would end up like this. But man, God is so faithful, isn't he? How awesome is our God? But if I told you we'd be there debt-free, that'd be even better than $4 million in debt. Thank you, Jesus. He is awesome, and his goodness is amazing. I'm so glad you came to worship uh, with us here, our Savior that was born. And everywhere you look, you can see that the evidence is Chris- of Christmas is all around us. Every other house is covered with lights. Christmas music is playing everywhere you go. And there's a lot of controversy about Christmas songs and when they should be played. There's some people that say Christmas songs should only be played after Thanksgiving. How many guys are those people? Only after Thanksgiving? Okay. How many guys are like Christmas songs should be played all year long? Okay, we got okay. We're about 70-30 split. But here's the things about Christmas songs. Some lyrics about Christmas songs, they just don't make sense. Like, think about the lyrics of even that song that were there, Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. Have you ever been present present at the birth of a child? I've been present for two of them, and let me tell you, all was not calm, all was not bright, and it was far from a silent night. I still remember when Alana was born, Jennifer was in labor for 18 hours. And she decided, because she's afraid of shots, and she didn't want to take the epidural. That night wasn't silent. It wasn't calm. All was not bright. It was more like fright night. (laughs) If if you're a young couple and you haven't had kids yet, be afraid. (laughs) Be very afraid. But on this day, we gather to celebrate the birth of our Savior who was born on Christmas Day. And when Jesus was born, there wasn't a lot of fanfare. In our day, in our age, if Jesus was born, there would be so much celebrity. Paparazzi would be around him. Social media would be following him. He would be born in a crib with purple lining. He would be wearing Gucci onesies. He would be having his baby Yeezys. He would be looking seriously fly. He would be dripping. He got the sauce. I have teenagers. I can go on and on with this slogan if you want me to, but I'll stop right there. But when Jesus was born... Very few people gave him the honor that he deserved. He was born into poverty next to farm animals. Most scholars say he was probably born in a cave. And that first Christmas, Jesus became poor so that we can become rich. When Jesus was born, eternity stepped into humanity. The natural gave birth to the supernatural. The almighty embraced frailty. Out of the mundane came a miracle. That's what makes Christmas amazing. 
And a lot of people, especially my girls growing up, they, they would always ask me, Dad, how do we know that Christmas is the exact date that Jesus was born? How can we know? You know, the Virgin Mary didn't leave a social media trail behind, so we're not able to really pinpoint the exact date. I hope that doesn't mess you up. But one of the reasons that we know that the early Christians chose to celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th, it's because it was the day of the Roman solstice. It was the day when the daylight hours were the fewest and the nighttime hours were the longest. It was the darkest day of the year. And the early Christians thought that it would be appropriate to celebrate the birth of Jesus, to have the Christ Mass, because the prophet Isaiah said this, that like a light shining into darkness, so Jesus would come. Plus, they also knew that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary in the Jewish calendar in about April. So this is about nine months after that. So that's the idea behind Christmas. That's why we celebrate it when we do. We're not sure exactly when Jesus came, but let me tell you, it's undeniable that he did come. Lives have been changed. Hospitals have been built. Orphanages have men brought in people. The life of Jesus has impacted people for centuries. In 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah 19, that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And that great light came in the form of a baby. And he was God's gift to all mankind. Isaiah 9, 6 says it like this. For a child is born to us. A son, underline that word, is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. God gave Jesus as a gift to us because we were in a world that was dark that needed the light. And through this passage, I want to point out three things about Christmas and about the prophet Isaiah says. First is, Jesus came as God's gift to you. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. I don't know if you've ever thought of Jesus as a gift before, but do you know that over 40 times the New Testament writers tell us that Jesus is a gift to us? And I want you to think about the gifts that you've received. And over the years as a father, I brought my gifts, I brought many gifts to my girls, and they would play, play with it for a day or two, but after a couple days, they'd get tired of it, and they'd go to the next gift. But the gift of Jesus... I would submit to you that 10,000 years into all of eternity, 100,000 years into all eternity, we will still be unwrapping the greatness and the majesty and the grandeur of the gift that we have in Jesus. Actually, 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us that the angels long, that they're drawn to the gospel, that they cannot get their eyes off the gift of Jesus that's been given to every one of us this Christmas. And Christmas is the time of year where a lot of people are looking for the gifts, the gifts to arrive. I saw this funny meme on social media about Christmas gifts, and I don't know who needs to hear it this uh, Christmas morning, but I feel this is a word from the Lord for some of you. Stop trying to track that package. It's in God's hands now. I'm sorry to tell you, if your gift hasn't arrived by now, it's not going to get here by Christmas. Might as well go to Walmart or Walgreens and pick up a secondary gift. But a lot of times when we think of gifts and Christmas, we, we don't think about Jesus. We think about Santa. Remember that song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town? I mean, you can sing it with me. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. 
And we can go on in the song, but the lyrics I really want to focus and point out here is this. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out if we're naughty or nice. You know, is it just me or does Santa sound like a creeper who drives a white van with, like, dingy carpet, right? He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. One kid wrote a note to Santa that said this. Dear Santa, I've been good all year. Well, most of the time. At least some of the time. Uh, never mind, I'll buy my own gifts. <laughs> and if we're not careful, this is what we do. We mix up the Santa story with the Jesus story. Here's what the Bible teaches us. None of us are good enough to make God's nice list. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the free, you see that word, that free gift of God's eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord. The story of Christmas is when you or I were in darkness, Jesus came as a light to save us and offer us the gift of eternal life. Jesus is God's gift to us. And as we read Isaiah chapter 9, we also find out secondly that Jesus came to lift our burdens. Look at verse 6. The government will rest on his shoulders. This talks about Jesus being a king. And to illustrate this point, I, I want to I wanna play a game with you. Man, have a little fun. It's time to have a little bit of fun in church. Man, I need some crowd participation. I'm going to put the picture of a king, and you're going to yell out to see who gets that king first. So here's the first image. Which is this king? When you think of this king right here, when you think of Simba, you think of the? Okay, good. good. It's going to get harder. I thought we were going to get that. Okay. When you think of a big gorilla, you think of? Okay, okay, we're ready. We're, we're doing good. When you think of a whopper and a burger, you think of? Hold a pickle, hold a lettuce, special orders, don't upset us, have it your way, right? When you think of very scary novels, you think of? Okay, now it's going to get harder. When you think of really creepy, weird shows on Netflix that are eccentric people that may or may not love cats, you think of who? Joe Exotic, right? And if you're thinking of sports dads that are pushing their kids all the time, you think of? I know this is hard. Can anybody say this one? Okay, okay, Pastor Jason, you get an A today, right? King Richard, who was the father and the coach of tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams. But in verse 6, Isaiah declares Jesus to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Paul would echo that when he would say in Philippians 2 that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is king to the glory of God the Father. That's saying there's a day where every single man, woman, and child will come before the, and come to Jesus all eternity. One day, guess what? Alexander the Gate will bow down to King Jesus. Man, Genghis Khan will bow down to King Jesus. Donald Trump will bow down to King Jesus. Mr. Joe Biden will bow down to King Jesus because he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. But when Isaiah talks about his kingdom, he talks about the government being upon his shoulders. Not just in this life, but for all eternity. It says that he will reign over us. But it also tells us not just that he will reign. I want to show you how he will reign. 
Verse 4 tells us, just two verses before this says this, that for you will break the yoke of slavery and you will lift the heavy burdens from their shoulders. Jesus is a king that doesn't lay a burden on his people. He lifts, lifts the burdens off his people. Most kings, most rulers, most emperors, most presidents, most governments burden their people with taxes. They take their sons and their daughters to war. They take their money from the people. They take the land from the people. God knows they take a whole lot of property taxes here in Williamson County. Everybody said amen. But not King Jesus. He does all the lifting. See, the kingdom of Jesus doesn't need you and I to prop it up. It doesn't need you or I to hold it up. Let me tell you, Jesus is all sufficient. He is all powerful. He is almighty. And his kingdom stands all by himself. And he doesn't need any help from us. And he says, I'm the type of king. I'm not going to tax you. I'm not going to burden you. But I'm going to carry your burdens. And here's the word for you this, this afternoon. How many of you guys have burdens you can't carry? Financial burdens, family burdens, burdens that are holding you down. Let me tell you, Jesus is a king that cares for you and he carries your burdens. Actually, King Jesus said this, come to me, all of you who are burdened down, and I will give you rest. The third thing that this passage teaches us is this, Jesus came to meet our deepest needs. We needed a savior, a deliverer, who would deliver us from our own sinfulness because we can never deliver ourselves. So God sent the gift of Jesus. And in verse 6, Isaiah gives us four names. His name shall be, and this is the first name he says, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful is a word that means awesome, it means wondrous, it means awe-inspiring. Counselor is, that, is a word that means a guide to come alongside, somebody that will help you. And I think it's very interesting, scholars tell us, that these two words are put together. Wonderful counselor. Here's the significance of that. That the way that God helps us the most in our problems is allowing us to see how wonderful he is. That he's bigger than your problems. That he's bigger than your circumstances. That he is the wonderful counselor. He is the one that can help you no matter what you face. The next thing that we see this, the second thing that Isaiah tells us is that Jesus is the mighty God. Literally, in Hebrew, it means he is the warrior God. Think of it this way. He's the champion of champions. He's the hero. He's the knight in shining armor. He's the one who comes to the rescue. He cannot be defeated. He rescues people. He comes to fight our biggest battles, and he will never be defeated. What battles are you trying to win on your own this Christmas? He's the mighty God. He can defeat sin, he can defeat death, he can defeat disease. Nothing is beyond his power. No situation is hopeless. He is the mighty God. And when I think of Jesus being the mighty God, I, I think of a text I got this morning from my friend Frankie, who's going to be at the 4.30 service. It was back about three months ago, I got a call, and some friends said that Frankie's not going to make it. He's going to, he's going to pass away. They just... Gave him a couple days to live. He had got COVID. He had double pneumonia. The, the doctors were getting ready to pull him off the feeding tube. He was literally just, they were just waiting for him to pass. I found out on a Saturday, I was watching my daughter's football game and she was cheering for Southwestern. I came back, preached on Sunday, and I went to the hospital. And I went down there. I remember going to the hospital and I talked to the nurses that were there. And they said, you can go in there, but he can't, 
hear you. He's not going to respond. It's just a matter of time. We're getting ready to pull all the machines. We stopped feeding him. It's just a matter of time. You can say your goodbyes. You can pray for him, but he's not even going to respond. As we went, I remember as I went into that place, I could feel the presence of the mighty God in that place. I could feel the presence of God. As I began to pray, I began to say, God, I know that you can heal my friend Frankie. And as I began to pray from literally the tangible presence of God came in that room and all of a sudden his machine started moving. He started getting up. He started responding. He started talking to me. His nurses were coming there like, what's happening? His sisters were in there. And guess what? Today he's going to be in service because no matter you might be in death's door, the doctors might have said that there is no hope. They might get ready to pull the plug on your marriage, on your life. But I'm here to tell you that he is the mighty God. There's nothing that's impossible him. Then Isaiah describes Jesus as the everlasting father. What a beautiful description of his love for us, isn't it? A good father is not indifferent, but he's interested in his children. His eyes are on his children. A good father would understand the weakness and failures of his kids. He's always with them. A good father doesn't turn his back on his kids in their time of need, but he runs to help them. I remember when my girls were small and they needed a little help. I wouldn't just watch them. Oh, I'm going to see them scratch themselves. I'm going to, I want to see them hurt themselves. Oh, they want to touch the electricity plug. Oh, I want to see them get zapped. That'd be fun. No, I went over there to bring comfort to them. I went over there to stop them. A lot of people think that God has turned their back on them, that he's mad at them, that he doesn't want anything to do with them. That's not how God is. He's an everlasting father. He's always interested in you. His eyes are always on you. And as an earthly father, we see our kids when they're going off course and they're struggling. We don't turn our back on our kids. I don't say, oh, when they get it together, man, then I'll have, I'll, I can do something with them. No. I know when my kids are making bad choices and they're struggling, they don't need less of me. They need more of me. I want to draw close to them. And that's what God said. It, I'm coming, I'm coming, stepping out of heaven and I'm coming into earth because my children are going off course and I am coming to bring them hope and help. That's what Christmas is all about. Then it says... I love this. He's the prince of peace. Hebrew word for peace is shalom. He's the prince of shalom. In our culture, we think of peace as the absence of conflict. This is what we think of peace. Peace and quiet is when we go to bed at night and all the kids are in bed and we're just hanging out and we can't hear anything. And we're like, ah, that's peace. But that's not the Hebrew understanding of peace. The whole concept of peace, of shalom, is not the absence of something, but it's the presence of something. It's God's, the presence of God's blessing and his awareness in your life. See, let me tell you what the biblical definition of peace is. Peace is when you're overwhelmed by the presence of God in your life more than you're overwhelmed by the problems of life. And if there's one thing that we need is we need peace. There's a lot to be overwhelmed in this time. We can be overwhelmed by our jobs. We can be overwhelmed with all this COVID stuff again. We can be overwhelmed by a whole lot. But here's what we know, that God is bigger than anything. And peace is when we have this overwhelming sense that God is with us, that he is Emmanuel, that he is with me no matter what. And that's what the message is Christmas is, that God came to be with us, that we are never alone. If you read throughout the Old Testament, every time that God would come in and he would ask something of his people and they would be afraid and they'd be, they'd be kind of terrified of what was ahead, he would always say, don't be afraid. And then he gave him a promise. What was the promise? I am with you. And then Jesus came to be with us. 
Because when Jesus was born, even though we are weak, we can be strong. When we are lost, he can be our guide. When we are sick, he is our healer. When we're attacked, he is our shield. When we are trapped, he is our deliverer. When we are out of resources, he is our provider. When we're angry, he is our calm. When we hit the rock bottom, he is our bedrock. When we are defeated, he is our victory. When we sin, he is our forgiver. When we're depressed, he is our hope. When we're overwhelmed, he's our anchor. When we're exhausted, he is our strength. When we hit a dead end, he is the fresh start. When we can't see the future, he is the life. And when we pass on from this life and we think it's over, he's still the resurrection and the life. That's who he is. But the challenge is, most people don't have this overwhelming sense that God is with them. That he's Emmanuel. You know why that is? Because of sin. Sin separates the tangible presence of God in our lives. It causes this tension between us and God. It puts an enormous stress in your life. It takes away your peace with God. See, you weren't created to live in sin. You were made to be in peace with God, not in conflict with God. But when we break God's laws, whenever you do what you want, instead of doing what God wants you to do, it creates all this emotional stress and a lack of peace. And the greatest stress in your life is unrecognized unresolved conflict with God. If you're lacking peace, it's because God's presence isn't big enough in your life. Worry is caused by sin that God's not big enough. It means you're not trusting God. Fear, doubt, bitterness, guilt, resentment, shame, loneliness, insecurity, low self-esteem. All those problems are not your real problems. They're just symptoms that you are not experiencing the fullness of God's presence in your life daily. Some of you guys know that. I know that. There's moments that I'm overcome with these emotions. It's because I just don't see how big my God is. But the good news that... Jesus, on that first Christmas, came to forgive sin. He came to offer peace with God. He came to the earth to be with us. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. God went from God the Spirit to God the man. From God in heaven to God with us. Emmanuel. Let's reflect on that. This morning, this evening, you might say, Pastor B, I don't have peace. I've allowed some things to get in my way with God. I, maybe I just allowed some situations. Just, here's the promise of Christmas. He wants to be with you. He's the Prince of Shalom. He's the Prince of Peace. And peace is knowing that with God with you, it's more, even though you might be overwhelmed by the things of life, his presence is more overwhelming than anything you'll ever face. And if you're here this evening and you say, I need peace, just raise your hand right there. Right, I want to pray for you. You just, man, need some peace. His hand's going up. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I ask you to fill me with your peace. Lord, I, I trust you. This is an area, God, whatever it is, I give to you. My finances, my marriage, my career, my relationships. It's yours, God. Fill me with peace. I think the appropriate way to end this special Christmas Eve service would be stand to your feet. And as we prepare to close, in just a moment, we're going to be celebrating the gift of Christmas, that the light shone in darkness as we light candles. If you walked in, 
you might have received a candle from the ushers. The ushers are going to come in and they're going to start lighting your candle. And once your candle is lit, just pass it to the next friend. Just don't, don't put it on their hair if they have a lot of hairspray, please. We, that's, that could be a difficult thing here. But what we're going to do, as they light their candle, we're going to take a time to reflect what Christmas is. And we're going to sing this song as we thank the Lord that in the midst of darkness, the light shone. stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Divine, fall on 
angel voices oh night divine oh night when Christ was born oh night right there and close your eyes and thank him Lord in the midst of darkness not only darkness my darkness when I didn't know you Lord you came to shine a light came to show me a better way and because of that freedom church we get to be his lights we get to shine so this Christmas this is what I want to remind you that Christ is shine his light on us so that we can shine a light to our city that we are literally a city on a hill strategically placed and remember this Christmas as we close the year and we go into 2022 that God has strategically called us to be the light of the world you know why we can be that light because we're just reflecting the incredible light of Christ to everybody you go ahead and blow out those candles and and if I can have the lights up real quick, if I, I want to get, get a selfie with you guys. Man, this is our first service, right? I know this is kind of inappropriate. Can, can I do that real quick? Nobody leave. Turn on the lights so I can, uh, I want to take a picture of everybody real quick. And that'd be awesome. So let me get down there right there. Okay. All right. Make funny faces and everything. Let's see. Here we go. Let me go. One, two, three. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I love you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everybody that made this happen. We love you all. God bless. And I got to get that selfie real, real quick. I was just going to let me roll this. Here we go. I didn't get that. Here we go. One more time. Funny faces. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.